Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Work Therapy Podcast, where the struggle is real, but the possibilities are endless. I am Brooke, your host and founder here at In Good Company, and we're delighted to have you. This little corner of the internet is where we explore the modern work landscape, how to navigate it and make it more meaningful. I'm super, super excited to introduce my co-host for today, Alicia Wolf. She is a life and leadership coach and founder of Integrate Well Co. and truly an expert in values-based living and leading and just really, really excited to have the conversation we're having today. So welcome. Thanks, Brooke. I'm delighted to be here as well. I love it. And yeah, we were just talking, if you want to give everybody like a little picture into your world. So I'm like in a a polar fleece because it's, I mean, it's cold for Texas, it's like 50 degrees. Um, tell us a little about where you are and what it feels like. <laughs> so I live in a town called Cambutal, Panama. Um, I recently moved down here with my family. We decided to relocate from the U.S. down to Panama um, in pursuit of a very different pace of life and living. Um, and very values-based living and leading our lives. So I live in a town called Cambutal in a small community. There's probably about 500 people that live in my town. Um, we call it uh, the town where the, the road ends or the end of the road because literally the road turns to dirt about 100 yards past my house. So, uh, And it turns into full jungle roads. So um, I was saying to Brooke that it is about 85 degrees Fahrenheit here right now and like 90% humidity. So very different than a Christmas or the holiday season that I would have spent in previous years, but love it. This is what we signed up for. And yes, there's like a, a jungle bug flying around in my bedroom somewhere. <laughs> so if you hear it buzzing around, that's what <laughs> Brooke got to catch me like trying to swat yeah, it away when we jumped it. on. I'm like, well, good. We'll, ju- we'll just make the jungle bug part of the family, part of the conversation. Yeah, it's part of the co-host part of the co-hosting i love it oh my gosh well okay my fun check-in question for today is morning routines uh mine is very important to me so yeah tell us a little bit about your morning routine and maybe just like a quick why like what's important to you like what does it do for you yeah. And then I want to hear yours too, because I'm always very like inspired by other people's morning routines, like normal people's yeah. morning routines, not yes. like super high functioning, like super mom people. So um, actually what I've been doing recently is waking up before 6am. Like I've been setting my alarm, which I haven't really set an alarm for like a year and a half since wow. I left my job in corporate America um, and started traveling. So I haven't really set an alarm but what I found is that I really needed that time before my kids and my husband woke up for me. And whether that's to sit and watch the sunrise, we our house looks over the Pacific Ocean, so we get to like watch the sunrise come over um, the point. Or I sometimes I start working, like I've been doing some online uh, work over the last couple of weeks before 6am, which feels crazy, but I just need it, like the jumpstart to get things done. Um, but I always have a French press. I've just recently started drinking Illy coffee. So if you haven't, it's Arabic coffee. Amazing. Um, so I always make a French press of Illy coffee, grab ice water, and then I sit down and either journal or just look off into the sunset or play on my phone or get to work. And I've just found that that really jump starts the day. And it allows me to be a lot more present once my kids do wake up until they go off to school. So I really get to like be fully present with them for the hour and a half or two hours before they go to school. 
so that because I've taken that time before they've woken up. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I love, so I have had Illy coffee. I haven't had it in a while, but now I'm inspired to like get back into it. Yeah. You got to get it. It's a, I just looked up to reorder some. Um, it's $11 on Amazon. So you can get a whole little Ooh, fun. Yeah. I'm in. And yeah. So I love yours and I, I really resonate with getting up before the children. So it's funny. I was just actually thinking today in the summer, I was getting up like five, five fifteen. I remember you were doing that. Oh yeah. For a long, yeah, a long time. And I, I am an early riser, but, um, you know, especially in the summer, you can't be outside in Texas and go on a run past like, honestly, nine, nine thirty. It's so hot. So, right. uh, but I do always get up before the children unless, you know, we've had a random late night, especially during the holidays. I've been, we've had a lot of events. So I've been, you know, sleeping in a little bit longer, but I, it's important to me. I, I need to sit, I have my black coffee. And then I, when I was pregnant with gray, who's nine, I started drinking lemon apple cider vinegar water in like a big Mason jar. And it's kind of like I still do it. I have for nine years, which is crazy. Every single morning I've got Amazing. the black coffee in the water with lemon, yeah. apple cider vinegar. I feel like it just like wakes me up. And I typically will read and journal. I like will read a, a scripture and then I like journal and try to just listen. Um, I think that's been something I've really focused on, honestly, the past month of just because I can get to like the go mode too. And I, I do think there's times mm. for that just to like get some work done because it's like, once the kids get up, it's full on. Um, but I, game's really, over, yeah. Oh, game's over a hundred percent. So, but yeah, I've just been listing like journal, just having prompts of, you know, what do I need to see, know, and do. And that's been mm -hmm. really interesting. I've just been journaling a lot more. So yeah. And then I always, has anything surprising come up for you? Like, as you've been listening, like it is such a discipline to to just listen and surrender to what message there is to receive? Like, has there been anything that's been surprising or just profound? Yeah, that's such a good question. I, yes, I feel like I've been downloading a lot, actually. Like, I feel like I've heard a lot more than I expected to. And one mm -hmm. thing I did hear, and I actually shared it, we had a Christmas party this weekend. I felt like, you know, and I call source God, God source. And so I um, was really listening like, God, you know, what do you want me to know? And I felt like God said that you are precious beyond measure. And it like makes me like weepy to think about it. Um, and I didn't realize like how much I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. And it has, it helps me in my conversations with my kids, just the identity that I am precious beyond measure. And then I was, I create like a monthly intention. So I've been actually practicing running without music or podcast and mm -hmm. just like in silence and listening more. And uh, my intention for December is I um, experience abundant joy and connection through radical receptivity that comes from a deep knowing that I, and not just I, but we are precious beyond measure. And I don't know. I feel like I, if I need to hear it that bad, I bet other people need to remember that. And sure. yeah, we're all precious beyond measure. And so just the, the value of every human life and person. And so that's, that's been like profound that I've been meditating on that came from my morning routine. It's beautiful. 
Thanks for sharing. Thanks for asking. So I could share and just remind everybody that they're precious beyond measure. (laughs) Thank you. I received that. Yes. Okay. So that was a great check-in question. I love it. I love to hear people's, like you said, morning routines. They're important, everybody. It's important. Okay. Let's get into the listener question, which I'm excited to discuss today. This listener works, um, they they do like teaching and kids ministry. And she says, one person on our team is very intense and hard to get along with. This person is very detail oriented and loves rules. The rest of our team is more laid back and willing to bend the rules when necessary. We struggle with how to utilize this person's strengths in a way that isn't off-putting to teammates or customers. And she said that ideally she would like to figure out how to utilize this person in such a way that her strengths are to their benefit rather than detriment. Yeah, that's real. Very real. real. Isn't it fun to just get real, like what's really happening for people and like, let's talk about it. So Yeah. yeah, what comes up for you immediately? Yeah, I I read the question before the podcast and and started to think about it. But even when you just were reading the question aloud again with like a little bit more context, I think that one of the things that came up for me is is whoever wrote this question in really should get clear and on the specifics about how that coworker or that colleague or that person on the team, how them being so rigid and tied to rules has held the team back. Mm. Right. So this person might think that their way of like following, like some people rules are meant to be followed. Some people are like rules are meant to be broken. This person might see that as only as a strength, right? Rules are in place for a reason. And so let's follow them. She, I don't know why I assume it's a she, is it a she? The person who's Uh, challenging. Mm -hmm. I think they said she, Yeah. Um, she might only see it as a positive and might not even realize the impact about how her, only playing to the rules is really holding back possibility for the rest of the team, right? Like they might not be able to achieve something and think outside the box or bend the rules because this person is being so rigid. So I think I think the list the listener, the the person who wrote in the question really should get clear on the specific times or specific, you know, um, instances where that person being so rigid has held back possibility or has limited possibility for the rest of the team. So that's what, that's like what initially came up. I have a lot more thoughts, but that's sort of what initially just came up for me. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's, again, it's the self-reflection piece that should most likely come if you're, if it's an issue or a situation that is sparking you to like fill, you know, to, to bring it up, right. It's something that needs to be addressed. And I think it's always great practice to reflect first, like, what's the obstacle here? Like what possibility is it potentially cutting off? And I like that you use the word possibility. I also thought, I, I'm curious, I wish I could ask him right now, have you talked to this person about totally how like this is affecting? Because there's specific examples. And I think anytime I'm, you know, working with the team and there is conflict or an issue that needs to be addressed, I always say like, you need to have very, very specific examples because a lot of times we can say like, Hey, I feel like you're a rule follower. And they're like, wait, I I don't know what you mean. Right. (laughs) You specifics. If you want to be terrific, you have to be specific. Ooh, I like that. I haven't heard that before. I can't claim it. A mentor and leader of mine used to say it. And, and I just, I always love a, a rhyme or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, me too. Because you remember yeah, it. Yeah, if you, 
If you want to be terrific, you have to be specific. And in giving feedback to people, the more specific you can be with instances and examples that then they can connect to, then it just makes it real. It's not this sort of like cerebral thing that lives up here of someone being too rigid or following the rules too much. It's like, this is an exact example. And here was the impact of it. Mm -hmm. The second question I think that would be good in that self-reflection piece to ask is like, where do I notice this person strong or what is our team currently missing that this person I think has a strength that they can bring to the table? And I guess if you ask yourself that question, you don't see it, then that's a whole different, you know, potentially conversation, or maybe you're so in the mix of like thinking about every way that they're kind of frustrating your plans that you're not able to see their strengths quite yet. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like the, there's the book and I started to read it, although I don't think I've finished. I think it's still unread, like, you know, unfinished in my my phone, but um, the obstacle is the way. Right. Like if you're seeing this woman on your team as the obstacle, how can she actually be the benefit? You know, like if she's a really rigid, I can't remember if you use the word organized, but rigid and organized and rule follower, maybe she's like really structured and organized and can be like the minutes taker or the organizer or whatever. There's, there is a place and a time for every different strength. And so let her discover or let her maybe share where does she think she can apply her skills? Like, where does she feel the most lit up? That's the question I would ask her is where do you feel the most lit up and passionate about the work that we're doing as a team? And she might say, oh, I love, you know, moving things forward, or I love taking the minutes or I love, you know, whatever, like let her answer the question, but that's going to open the door for the new possibility that can come in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think we can get so focused on job descriptions that we give people when they get Mm -hmm. hired and we act like it's written in stone. (laughs) And then, you know, we hire these people, we know some about them, some things that they do say, but you know, when you start working with someone, it's a totally different thing. And so I think, I think that's part of what happens is like, well, this is your role instead of, okay, where okay, we brought this person in, what are the missing pieces on the team? And like, how can we have some of that dynamic? How can we make this more of a dynamic role where they're actually truly getting to service and contribute at the highest level? And I think job descriptions Mm -hmm. and like what we originally set out to do or what we had in mind when we hired this person hold us back. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. Yeah, again, like it's like when we get constrained to a box and then we feel like we can't move outside of that. And then that's, my sense is like if the rest of the team is feeling a conflict, like she's maybe sensing the conflict as well. So has the conversation even been approached from her perspective and her point of view about how she's feeling? I yeah. really think like I, I also would love to ask this like listener, this person who wrote in, what have you done already? Because I really think a initial conversation, just coming from a place of complete curiosity and not judgment would be really eye-opening as to what to do next. Yes. Yes, I agree. And then I guess too, since we don't know what she, what conversations she's had, I love to hear more broad strokes, what your experience has been in, you know, working in the corporate world for, in the same company for 10 mm-hmm. years. Like how have you yeah. seen traction, like from playing to people's strengths? What has your experience been? Yeah. So before I like uprooted my life and moved to the jungle, I worked in corporate America for over 15 years in 
you know, really dynamic teams and, and people at like C-suite levels all the way to, you know, part-time employees who worked on the sales floor, which I worked in retail for, for 15 years. And so, um, I have a lot of experience in, in working with teams that are all made up of different strengths and, and challenges or opportunities, which I, I almost hesitated to even call them opportunities. Um, one of the things that we did at my previous company was uh, Marcus Buckingham's Strengths Finder. Yeah. And really what that is, is an assessment for anyone who doesn't know, like that's an assessment where, I don't know, it's probably a hundred questions long and it really will tell you what are your top five strengths. It could be as a connector, you're great at connecting people and to solve different problems or... Um, I think there's one that's called woo, which is like the, the, the hype girl, like you're the hype person for the group. It's like, what are your different strengths? And our company took it so seriously because it was a strengths-based organization at the time. They would like, people would have it like on their nameplates, you know, like when you'd go up to their cubicle and say like, you know, Ashley, maximizer, connector, woo, you know, whatever people would put in their signatures on their, you know, and so I wonder too, maybe this team, maybe it's not a whole org thing with the youth ministry organization, but maybe this team could even take the initiative upon themselves to have this everybody on the team do their strength finders and really get curious about how everybody can contribute in a different way that plays to their strengths rather than trying to make people good at things that aren't their natural tendency. Yeah. I and I'm not a huge fan of assessments like personality tests, but I am really into Strengths Finder. I really do like it, and I do think it's effective. It's informative, right? Like yeah. it's just like anything. Like you don't want to just be like, oh well, I'm a Leo, I'm always late. Like you don't just box yeah. yourself into like a specific, you know, assessment or or whatever you've been pinned as. But it it can really be beneficial to learning more about what who you are and what your strengths are and how you can use them. One thing that my dad said, I think it was, yeah, my dad and I, I use it all the time is like play to your strengths and manage your weaknesses. And I think it's so mm -hmm. easy because none of us want to, all of us want to look good. None of us want to fail. And so we spend so much time trying to like <laughs> make our weaknesses, our strength. Right. And I mm -hmm. love, I I have to remind myself that and others often is like, okay, play to your strengths. We do have to manage our weaknesses. Of course. Like, they need to be managed. Can't just ignore them. No, right. you can't ignore them. You may have to like do a little work on them and you're going to get a lot more traction if you just focus on managing them and then really lean into your strengths. I agree. It's like doubling down. It's like the 80-20. Yes, absolutely. And we were just saying, like I was telling you, kind of how I have said at the podcast, you're like, oh, you're playing to your strengths. You know, you have somebody do all the other stuff that you're not good at or don't know how to do and you show up and do what you love to do. And because of that, I'm able, I have energy for it and it's actually, I'm able to get it done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a time and a place to, you know, that we are all required to step into something that we're not good at, right? Like, especially as entrepreneurs and you and I have both founded our own businesses. There, there was likely a time, and there's plenty of times for me still as a startup founder that it's like, I got to do this because I'm a solo mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Like, I have to do this thing that isn't necessarily my strength. And I can feel how it feels different than when I'm showing up in the areas that really come naturally and organically to me and that are my strengths. Yeah. And like, even like you said, you're strategic about 
probably when you do those things that aren't as life-giving for you, like, I think even the right. time of day we do that or what we sandwich those things in between, because yes, it's called adulting, right? Like we all, <laughs> nobody loves, maybe some people love to like do taxes <laughs> and laundry or I don't know, figure out kids <laughs> logistics. I mean, I'm sure actually some people yeah. do. My husband does. Oh yeah, he does. You're right. But he like, I mean, not the laundry and the logistics, but he loves the like financial management. So it's like, okay, great. He manages all the back end of my business now because he can do it in five minutes. Whereas it really is energy sucking and takes me an hour plus to do on every month, you know? So it's like, where can you tap into the people who complement your strengths with theirs? Yeah. So how do you, I would ask this listener, how do you complement the team's strengths with this person's, this extra, this other person who you've maybe been seeing as a roadblock, how do you complement and maximize those? Yeah. And a lot of times like questions are so helpful in a way that answers would never be. And I kind of sense like that's what we're doing today is we're just offering questions to ask because they're the answer will Mm -hmm. reveal itself. So let's let's like recap and because I think I rambled a lot more than you did. But what are the no. correct questions that this writer, the person who wrote in this question, what are the correct questions to ask her team member? Well, we did talk about self-reflection first. So maybe she should ask herself. Mm-hmm. You said to ask herself, like, what is getting in the way? Was it what's getting yeah. in the way? Yeah. What's cutting off yeah. possibility potentially? Yeah. This rule following. Yeah. How? Specific examples. Like I would list out five. Try to get five, maybe in the conversation, she'd only use like one, two or three, but like have five, just like, and I would also bet that if you list them out, you might already start to see some clarity, you know, but I, yeah, I would list out five specific instances where this woman on the team's rigidity and unwillingness to, you know, sort of work in a different way or bend the rules has limited or cut off possibility for the rest of the team. Yeah. Okay. And then the second was approaching this person and asking the question, what did you say? I'm trying to remember. Well, I think just like, how is she feeling? Like if the rest of the team is feeling a bit of conflict, like Mm -hmm. how is she feeling? You know, it could just be like a general check-in, like start the conversation with a general check-in of how she's feeling in her role. Yeah, I've noticed some tension or I've, you can own, I've felt tension. And so I want to check in to see yeah. if you have experienced that too and open the line for communication. Exactly. Exactly. And I think there's, there's even a more, you know, there's a double click to use my very corporate lingo. Pull I'll that take back a double out, click. I like it. In the back of my brain. Yeah. A double click down to like asking what she thinks her strengths are, you know, like, or where she feels the most lit up in her role, what part of her role, whether it's a job description, or maybe it's a little bit looser, but like what part of her job in her days to give her energy versus what sucks the energy out for her. And that will also, I think, be really revealing as to how to utilize those things for her so that the team can operate in a way that's playing to her strengths and the things that give her energy. I do want to recognize that there could be an assumption being made by the person sharing this, that following the rules is a strength, but maybe this person is following, like maybe she is in a reactive state potentially with rigidity. I'm not like, it could Mm -hmm. be a strength, but maybe it's her 
having actually mm-hmm. an, an incorrect assumption or belief about how she needs to show up or a fear mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. doing something that's not fully laid out for her. Yeah. Fear of failure, fear of making a mistake, you know, like there, that's such a great point. Is it like, is it her natural tendency to be rigid and follow rules or is it coming from a place of fear or doubt or whatever else she might be feeling? Yeah. So really simple. Do the Mm self-reflection, find, you said five examples of where you feel like Mm -hmm. there's been a tension there, an obstacle. And then the question you ask her is like, okay, you're owning your experiencing. Like I felt attention. I'm curious if you have to. So you're really leading with curiosity, asking her the question and then letting the conversation unfold. Yeah. And then you yeah. move on And then your there. tools are, yeah, your tools are strength finder. I mean, there's so many different tools that you can re- like utilize, whether it be an assessment, like a strength finder or just the power in your team in generating sort of how do we org in a way that plays this woman's strengths. Mm-hmm. So good. I love it. And then I'm going to ask you before we like fully close out, because I brought up the word assumptions and you were in the Mm -hmm. corporate world for 10 years. And when I first met you, you, I mean, you're very type A, get it done, very successful. So what was maybe the underlying assumption that you had to identify to be able to make the shift to say, I'm leaving the corporate world. I'm actually moving my family out of the country and doing something Mm -hmm. completely different. Like you're saying, oh, I slept in for a year and a half. When I met you, that's not what you were doing. You were like working full time right. in COVID, taking care of your girls, like yeah. go, firing on all cylinders. That's such a great question. The assumption that I made. Okay, I'm going to answer it in two parts, maybe three. The assumption that I made was that there wasn't any other way to be in the corp, like when I worked in sort of corporate America for that long, like it was only high performing, only high achieving, you know, not even necessarily working long hours because I had pretty good boundaries with like how much I worked, but that there, that was the only way to function. And the downside of that was that anyone who wasn't performing to that same level of functionality and high achievement didn't live up to my expectations, which sort of isn't fair because that was an assumption that I had made about like, this is how you are in corporate America or, you know, in the corporate world. Flash forward a year and a half later, maybe a year later, it's almost like I went on a complete spectrum. Like it was like a complete pendulum where I was like, I am not working at all. And I live in a surf town. And when you live in a surf town, you don't use spreadsheets and you don't use you know, a mm. Google calendar and it's, it's, and now what I have found in the last, I guess only maybe two months since we like relocated and settled here permanently is that it can, there's place for both. And it's our job to really figure out what feels correct for us and what feels authentic to us in sort of the way that we're functioning and the way that we're working. Mm. Don't let outside influences and things that are happening around you in the environment necessarily impact your authentic way of working and being. Yeah, that's so good. I I just, I wanted everybody to be able to hear that because I think you really do have such a gift to share because you did make a big shift, right? And some that is very much in line with your values. And that doesn't mean that everybody needs to go move and relocate, you know, but I think that the deeper just 
it's so helpful, I think, for people to understand and be reminded that there's a lot of ways to live our lives and to work and how we work. And I mean, that's honestly, you're asking me my why, you know, and I think I shared it in a lot of ways, but if I could be really succinct and like why I started this is because I, I want to have the conversation and help build out how do we want to work? <laughs> what yeah. What is possible? Like, how do we integrate our whole human self and build companies and build communities and cultures that we all want to live in and work in? That's right. And that's why. Totally. I think it's so beautiful. And, and I think you and I are really aligned on that. And if I may share, it's not mm-hmm. really a plug because I don't know how yeah, please well, share I though. Know. I want you to share about but it. Yeah. My um my business partner and I, her name is Lauren. Um, she lives here in Cambridge Hall as well. We're opening a co-working movement and community gathering space down here in Cambridge Hall. It's called La Colectiva, which means the collective in Spanish. And my why is to be a soft landing for people who want to try to work and live in a way that feels more in alignment with like their nervous system, their values, the way that they want to work and live and to provide a place where people can do that in a community of entrepreneurs and and remote employees and and people like that to make that a possibility for people. I think you and I share a very similar why behind why we do. It's like we really just want to encourage people to work in a way that feels really authentic and inspiring to them. Yeah. I can't wait to like host facilitate a retreat there. I think I just need to put that on my like, my goals when it's ready. We open August, next August. Yeah, August will be open. Not for probably retreat. We won't have lodging at that point, but hopefully soon after that. Amazing. I can't wait. So exciting. Okay. Ending questions. What's a book or podcast that you're loving right now that you can share? Yes, I just finished. I've been in like a really big fiction phase for the last probably six months. I think I just went so hard with nonfiction that I just needed like a way to escape. Um, and we don't have TV here. So reading is a great way to do that. So the book that I just finished was is called The Secret Life of Bees. And it's by Sue Monk Kidd. And it's just a beautiful... It's just like a million beautiful stories woven into it. But the thing that I took away is this beautiful story about the power of female connection and community. And the possibility that that creates for everybody when women come together. Mm, So the secret life of bees. I mean, need to put that on my like Christmas reading list. Do it. I could use a good fiction. And then the song that's keeping you going. The song that's keeping me going. This is like a dance in your kitchen and you're like sports bra and yoga shorts, yoga shorts or pants, shorts for me, maybe pants for you kind of song. It's by jungle. It's the band and it's called back on 74. So I love Everybody it. Just go listen to it right now and you will, you will understand like it's a total vibe. <laughs> I love it. Well, we've got a, we've got a playlist. So I will add that to our Spotify playlist. Great. That'll be in the show notes. And yes, thank you again for joining us. I'm so, so thankful to have this conversation and to get to hang out and be with a friend today. Thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you for um, asking me to be on and to be a part of this. It's been really fun to, you know, I've been a solo entrepreneur now for a year and a half and I really miss working in teams. And so it's been fun to like 
even the challenges of working in teams, I really miss. Like the problem solving and, and yes. working together to solve problems, I really miss. So it's been fun to use that side of my brain again. So thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you everybody again for joining and you can please uh, subscribe, rate, review. It helps. I like to say people get the therapy they need and (laughs) share the podcast if it's been helpful for you. I will have links um, just so you can get in touch. And we will also have a survey link if you want to share your work situation um, and submit that to be on the show. We would love, love to address it. So have a wonderful day and thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye.